Good to have you. Final hour of the Bill Michaels Show on this snowy, snowy Tuesday. Well, I tell you what, they said, uh, well, maybe an inch to three inches. So far, that's been a miss. Holy mackerel. There's at least uh, at least a couple of inches out there right now, and it doesn't show any signs of stopping. Certainly, if uh, you have a huge package. Yeah, there you go. Huge package of snow falling on us right now. It's just dragging right across our grill. How are we looking? <laughs> you just live for that drop, don't you? <laughs> You're talking about inches. Come on now. Ben Kenny, just sitting there in his own world, man. I love it. Good stuff. Uh, don't forget Zach Heilprin. We're going to talk some Badger football and Badger basketball coming up uh, after the next or in the next segment. So stay tuned. About fifteen minutes away from that. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Jerry says Kylan Hill being released a bit of a surprise, thinking it might have to do with the devastating knee injury from last year. Uh, this is uh, from AJ. It says, wait a minute. That was the wide receiver Goody made a big deal about drafting, saying everybody should be happy. Hey, Goody, should follow him right out of Green Bay. Uh, Kerry says, I'm a little bit surprised about Kylan Hill being cut. I thought he would actually help the team. Um, Kevin says, looking like Amari was trying to get cut, a.k.a. Gary Sheffield throwing games to get out of Milwaukee. So I do remember that. I do remember that. Um, but my God, the comments coming in since the announcement was made that Amari Rogers cut loose. Uh, this was from Cody says, say what you want about rookie deals, but they allow you to fill the roster and afford all of those high paid veterans. Uh, Cody, are you, are you saying that Amari Rogers was a good pickup? Uh, is, is that what you're trying to insinuate? Is that you just get what you pay for? So just throw them on the roster so you can pay everybody else. Uh, no. Tom says, uh, dropping passes, fumbling balls, you're going to have a very short career. Uh, you better not end up being my garbage man. I can see my garbage cans being spilled all over the street out in front of my house. Wow, that's cold. Um, Samuel says, I should have done it weeks ago. Troy says, what another waste of a third-round draft pick. Does anybody inside 1265 have any senses at all? Um... Eno Benjamin is a guy that everybody's talking about, by the way. Jimmy says it. Max says it. Matt says it. Uh, Rick, who says hallelujah, Eno Benjamin. Uh, James says you ask, you receive. And Cal says fumble effing fingers is gone by Felicia. Damn. It just gets cold out there, doesn't it? How would you like to be Amari Rogers right now? You've just been told we don't need you anymore. It's snowing, it's dark, it's dank outside. Twitter world's blowing up. The majority, 99.9% of Packers fans are just joyous that you're gone because you can't catch. You know? Hmm. It's got to be a terrible... You think about that side of it, it's got to be a terrible feeling. But you move on. Now your agent gets on the phone and starts calling other people. Hey, hey, I got a guy for you. He can at least run a route, but that's about it. He's not going to catch anything. Just, you know, he can run a route. <laughs> Keith says, uh, Gudikins needs to go next. Can he fire himself, please, for the love of God? Tell me a great draft choice that Gudikins has brought in. Oh, wait a minute. 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 Uh, 
great. I don't know if there's anybody great. Okay, he did draft Rashawn Gary, right? Elton Jenkins has been good, correct? You always want your top three guys to hit. Okay? When you think about it, your top three guys, those are the guys you want to hit. You go back to 18, it was Jair Alexander who has hit, right? Then it was Josh Jackson and Oren, Oren Burks. Both terrible picks. After that, it was Jamon Moore, Cole Madison, J.K. Scott, the punter. There's nobody from that draft in 2018 even on this team anymore other than Jair. That's a sad draft. 2019, you got Rashawn Gary. Darnell Savage is still a starter. There's Elton Jenkins, still a starter. So your top three hit. After that, Jay Sternberger, Kingsley Kiki, Kadar Holman, Dexter Williams, Ty Summers. Gone. So as of right now, you got in, in two drafts, 2018, 2019, you have a total of four players that remain. Four. 2020, we all know. Jordan Love. A.J. Dillon. Right? Good. Not great, but good. Josiah DeGuara. You're probably going, who? Yeah, I understand. Kamal Martin. John Runyon. He's played. Jake Hansen has played. Not a lot after that. Uh, last year, Eric Stokes. He played really well as a rookie. This year, he's been off his game. Josh Myers, Amari Rogers, gone. Royce Newman, T.J. Slayton, Shamar Jean Charles, Cole Van Lannan, Isaiah McDuffie, Kylan Hill. So now you've cut another guy, both Amari Rogers and Kylan Hill, off of last year's draft. McDuffie, I like. I mean, that guy's been flying all over the place. He's got some hops to him. Now, whether or not he continues to progress, we'll wait and see. And then there's this year's draft. But... Yeah, it's as time goes on and begins to tell you the the quality of player that has been drafted, uh, you have a right, as a Packers fan, you have a right to to question what's going on uh, draft-wise in Green Bay. Absolutely. And this whole thing about holding on to draft choices, why? The track record is becoming less and less. I do appreciate, uh, now this one is from Kennedy, who says, uh, let's not come come down too, too hard on Goody when something hasn't worked. At least he's been willing to cut bait. That I agree. Ted would force a guy down your throat for four or five years. We got to see it out. You know, he would he would give him a, Ted, although I will say, there were times Ted cut a guy loose, and I, I, I did say, but he, he tended to hang on to him a little bit longer than maybe he should have. But there was a few times, instances, where I can remember myself going, okay, at least he cut bait. I give Goody credit. If it's not working, just, you know, give it until you can't give it any more chances and then go. Move. You know? Got to cut bait. But they've done a masterful job. Now let's do the opposite side of the field. They've done a masterful job at manipulation of the roster and salary cap restrictions, keeping good talent for the most part, Right? Keeping guys around them and keeping the team viable. Although we have seen the fall off in draft talent acquisition, which is supposed to be the lifeblood of your team because you can't pay everybody. So you got to have draft choices that come in and make it and come up through the system. So therefore, you can let some of those bigger contracts go. 
because you can't rely on a whole team of free agents or second and third round contracts because you're never going to be able to afford to put a team on the field. You're going to have to let too much quality talent go. So that's why the drafts are so vital. Uh, Tom says the Packers always ignore the tight end in the draft position as a weapon. Uh, you know, here's the thing, Tom. They say the same thing about the wide receiver position, the tight end position. For a long time, it was the middle linebacker position they didn't covet. I think you still go with what's good. You still take, you know, you, you stick to your draft board, although you're getting, you know, as a fan, you're getting less and less faith in the draft board. But you stick to your draft board and you take what talent is there and you stick with the process. And if you, you don't reach for tight ends, but I agree you I agree with you hindsight being what it is, there's been other quality players in different positions that have been out there or attainable via the draft by moving up a, t- a couple or down a couple that you have decided not to go in that direction and stick with your board and you've been proven more often than not to be wrong. And I think at some point you got to look at that. Um, now, Complicated Fella says uh, Aaron slash co-GM gave Amari Rogers the kiss of death in a presser a month ago saying he's our punt returner. Yeah, but I think, don't you think that Amari earned that? It wasn't Aaron Rodgers giving him the kiss of death. It was Aaron Rodgers saying, yeah, I can see it down here in the field. They can't see it upstairs yet, but yeah, he's a punt returner. He's at best. That's it. But trust me, if, if Maury Rogers was a hell of a player, a hell of a route runner, a hell of a pass catcher, he'd still be there, right? He'd still be there. Um, and then last but not least, this is from uh, this is from Christian who says, uh, "Thank God they finally cut bait with Amari Butterfingers Rogers. How many games was he going to have to cost us?" until they finally cut him loose. I can't remember that he cost you a game, but he certainly put this team numerous times in bad positions. But turnovers are always uh, an awful thing. I mean, it always puts your team in a in a less than desirable space, no doubt. So I understand that. Uh, 877-867-1670. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, Zach Heilprin is going to join us, sports director at the Zone out in Madison, our flagship station, but going to talk some Badgers. Got to talk Badgers. We have not really gotten in-depth into what happened out at Kinnick Stadium this past weekend, the ugliness of the offense that was, and the uh, game inside a baseball stadium that took place on the hardwood this past weekend as well. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends John Atley and the gang over at the Water Doctors, H2TheLetterODoctors.com. H2TheLetterODoctors.com. The Connecticut water softening system is the best in the business. And, I, hey, by the way, I got a question for you. Think about this real quick. You know those big, um, those ice cube balls that they're now, you know, coming out with and putting in different ice makers and such for uh, bourbons and whiskeys and things like that? Uh, I bought one of those to make ice cubes in my freezer. So I filled the thing up, right? I can't get the ice cube ball out of it. I don't know how to crack the ice cube tray. I don't know if I'm doing something wrong or not. So if somebody has one of these things where you have the plastic on the bottom and the rubber on the top, let me know because I can't get the damn thing to release the ice cube balls. I'm just letting them melt and dropping them into the sink and basically wasting water at this point. However, with the Connecticut water softening system and the reverse osmosis, which is completely 99.9% particle-free, it's about the cleanest water you can get, the ice cubes, 
Crystal clear. Crystal clear. So if you've got cloudy ice cubes, it's because you've got stuff in your water. With a Connecticut system, you don't have that. Crystal clear ice cubes. And that's one of the reasons I can always tell my water is, is some of the purest that's out there, better than a lot of the bottled water. So get a hold of our friends at h 2 the letter o doctorscom That's H2TheLetterODoctors.com, and they can get you in touch with the local Connecticut Water Softening System agent, or call them directly. Call my buddy John, the owner over there, 262-549-7733. 262-549-7733. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show continues on. Good man- manufacturing machining company here in the state of Wisconsin. If you're looking to work with one, Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L, go to Pindell.com. Whether you're looking for a career with them or maybe a good company here in the state of Wisconsin you'd like to partner up with, that is Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L. Go to Pindell.com. That is Pindell.com. Bringing you in now, the sports director, W-O-Z-N, out in Madison, our buddy uh, Zach Heilprint is here with us. Zach, how you doing, pal? Doing good, Bill. How, how about you? Uh, I am doing okay. Tell me, will the Badgers be bowl eligible at the end of the season? I mean, if they will be. If, if they, Zach Heilprin is putting his house on the market. <laughs> I was going to say, well, if they win one game, they will be. Um, actually, winning that one game, I I mean, I feel better about this week than I do about Minnesota just because Wisconsin's offense has really, really struggled against good defenses. And Minnesota has a good defense. But um, if I had to put my house on it, I would say no. Um, but again, I, it's a really difficult team to gauge simply based on what they've been this year. And then obviously you've got a lot of stuff going on around the team, uh, at this point that is, uh, can be a distraction and and can be, uh, take your mind off of football, especially when you're not in the running for a big 10 West title. And really you're just playing for bowl eligibility at this point and, uh, and trophies that I guess some people care about and, and some don't. So uh, let's start with the disappointment. Obviously, whenever you lose a game, it's disappointing. But the season, we thought, you know, two losses, three losses, you know, and and maybe win the West and then compete for the Big Ten Championship against most likely Ohio State. So uh, what is the mood right now? I mean, guys want to fight. Guys want to continue on, especially, you know, for for younger guys. But the seniors, man, this is just this is not the way you appeared this you know picture the season going. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy, Bill, but I kind of said seven and five, eight and four, so I'm I'm feeling all right right about now. Okay. Um, so I mean, I, I didn't say ten and two like Ben Kenny did, but um, you know that's so I feel good about that. I'm 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 okay about that. But you're in terms of the feeling inside the locker room. Yeah, this has to be a huge disappointment. There's they have way too much talent to be five and five. They have there's just way it is there's just way too much talent, but what they've been through this uh, this this entire year starting with the passing of Gary Brown starting, you know, and then obviously Paul Christ and now you're dealing with uh, more uh, tragedy with with Devin Chandler a former right. teammate so there there has been so much off the field that they've had to deal with and uh, on the field just the lack of consistency guys getting hurt like it's it's been one thing after another Jim Leonard said it today he's just you're getting punched in the face 
one day after another. It, it keeps on popping up. But, yeah, I mean, there has to be disappointment. You do not expect to be 5-5 five and five and fighting for bowl, bowl eligibility at Wisconsin. It's just not something that, – that's supposed to be a given. Now, they talk about it being a goal, but it's also what we come to expect. It's why they've, you know, been to a bowl game every year since 2002. I mean, the last time they didn't go was 2001. So it is uh, – it's a different feeling, that's for sure, than, than what they're normally used to. The uh, We start with talking about Graham Mertz. And, you know, obviously he's changed coordinators. And, you know, he had a different head coach coming in. And, all, you know, look at everything that he's gone through. I get it. It seems like we make a lot of ex- excuses for Graham Mertz. Is this just is what he is? I think there's – he did not have a good game on on Saturday. There's no doubt about that. No, he did not. Right? So and, – and he's had moments like that this year. He's also had moments of really, really good play. I, where do you find the consistency? And I know people like – it doesn't – he does it against nobody defenses. And, I, you know, if you look at the stats, you can make that argument. I think it also is worth noting against those defenses, he's on his back a bunch. And if you – I'm not – again – not going to make excuses for him on Saturday. Even, right, right, even right. when even when he was protected, some of the balls were uh, were sailing on him. He had some guys open that he was unable to hit, um, and you know Iowa's defense is really really good. He has taken an absolute pounding back there this year. Um, he has been picking himself up a ton, and I think it takes it takes a toll on you. Uh, is Graham the quarterback that we've seen that we saw against Iowa? No, he's and is he the quarterback that we saw against Illinois in his first start? No, there there's a in between point, and we've seen him play really good football at times, and I think he's got good football in him. It's it's just needs to be consistent. It needs to be against good game, uh, good defenses, and big games, and for the most part, they haven't gotten that out of him. The uh, the the wide receiving core we didn't think was going to be great coming into this season. It, we thought it would be good, adequate. Can you look to the wide receiving core and say, does he really have the weapons that are going to make him productive, Graham Mertz? Or it really didn't matter. It, it you know, Again, it goes back to, you know, like you said, you got a game where he just looks like everything's in the zone and things are good, but there's still every now and then those bad decisions. And then there's games where the ball just floats and you're like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, I think the biggest loss, I think the receiving room is is fine. You can, always, can you always add more talent? Of course. I think the biggest loss for him this year, and it's not like he played great when he was on the field all the time, but the loss of Clay Cundiff mm-hmm. is pretty significant. He was, uh, for a tight end at Wisconsin, a dynamic guy that could block, could catch, and he had Graham Mertz's trust. And so they didn't have that against Iowa. I think it could have been a, a significant thing over the middle. They just they weren't letting him have anything on uh, outside the hashes. And so it could have been a situation where uh, if you got, have a guy that can threaten the middle, um, it would have been better. Again, this this wide receiver group is better than the wide receiver group he had the last two years, and I know Kendrick Pryor's in the NFL, and Danny Davis had his time, and you know Jake Ferguson obviously playing a bunch for Dallas. But I think this group as a whole gives him some more options. They have a deep threat in in a Keontes Lewis. They have a guy that they can count on in Chimray DK. Skylar Bell's kind of been a breakout. Like there are there are options there. I don't think it's a bad group by by any stretch. So uh, let me talk defensively speaking. Uh, first of all, the dynamic when you got a, a coach that's a coordinator that then goes to being the head coach. How much did the dynamic change for Jim Leonard in that defense? Obviously, it has to change a little bit because of his his job duties. Then it does, but it it doesn't. Like he he is still the one calling the plays. He's still the one on the sideline that's that's uh, calling the plays. Does he spend more time on the offensive side of the? Uh, building, yes. Uh, he's had more meetings with Bobby Ingram. He's had more meetings with Graham Mertz. But it, when it comes down to it, you 
this is this was my whole thing with with Paul Christ and like him stepping away for play calling. That's who you are. That's why you got the job. That's why everybody thought he would be a great head coach because he's a, a great play caller. He's going to bring together a great offense. For the most part, of Wisconsin when he came back as head coach, that didn't happen. But that was that was kind of what you were. And Jim Leonard's great as a defensive coordinator. I think he's going to be great as a head coach when they make the announcement that he's going to be the head coach. Uh, but right now, because it's in the middle of the season and you don't necessarily have all the other pieces in place that that you could sit here and say, all right, Bobby April, you're my defensive coordinator. You're going to make the play calls. I don't think they wanted to do that in the middle of the season. I expect that to happen in the offseason. But right now, I think a lot of the things that he had been doing before, he's still doing. He's just had to add a whole lot more on his plate, specifically you know, with the media duties that are that are part of this and uh, some of the other head coaching stuff that he has to has had to take on. Uh, I want to go over to real quick while we've got about four minutes. I want to go to the basketball side of things. Uh, first of all, give me your thoughts at the atmosphere and the game that was played at American Family Field. I thought it was a great event. Um, I think that they're, it was a great event and they pulled it off and it was, and, and I hope they do it sometime down the line. I don't think all the seats were great, but when you put together that situation, you're, you're, you're talking about the uniqueness of it, maybe more so than uh, all the great seating that you're going to see. Uh, I think there were probably some people that weren't overly uh, happy with that, but otherwise I thought it was really, really well put together and, at the end of it, Wisconsin won, and I think that maybe uh, that probably colors people's opinions of it um, a little bit better. I, I'm all for these type of events. I think they're great for the the exposure of college basketball. The problem is doing it in November when everyone's still kind of focused on football. I think it'd be amazing if they could do this in a January or a February where right. where you would have the opportunity to have the focus on college basketball and people are actually – you know, thinking about college basketball, and right now that's that's not necessarily the case. But uh, you know, for every for everything I heard, people loved it, and the players loved it, uh, and so I think it'll happen again at some point. Early on, uh, it's really tough to kind of tell. You know who your starters are. You know, Corral and Hepburn and Davis and such. But you know, as you try to figure out your rotation, your starters, new guys, things like that. Give me your thoughts on not only the starters on this team, but the depth of this team. Obviously, Neath gets a lot of minutes. Uh, uh, Gilmore gets minutes as well. Uh, they've got guys they rotate in and out, but they're not going to. They, like last year, they didn't have a ton of scoring coming off the bench. So, give me your thoughts on this bench. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a group, and right now, and Greg Gar was asked about it yesterday. Was asked about it after the game on Friday. It's he's going eleven deep, you know, when games are still in question. And I think that's something that uh, usually you want to pare that down to eight or nine. And he said, you know, this may go on. Uh, he's still got a lot to learn about this team. He's got a lot, a lot to give these guys opportunities to prove that they can be out there. And there's, there's just so many different names that have a chance to contribute. It's just finding which roles they're best in. You know, uh, you mentioned Carter Gilmore. Where exactly is mm-hmm. his best role? Is I mean, he's essentially their backup five at this point because they didn't were unable to get a guy in the transfer portal. Chris Hodges is, is a young guy that they have uh, hope for down the stretch, but is he ready to contribute against Big Ten level big guys down low? Uh, Connor Asijan, an offensive uh, guy that's going to you talked about points off the bench. He's going to give them points off the bench. How often can he be on the floor defensively? And the greatest thing about him was, you know, Max Klesman gets in foul trouble two fouls very very early in that game they threw a siege in there and i thought he more than held his own and he just gives you so much confidence on the offensive end so there's a bunch of different guys coming off the bench that i feel are going to contribute but it could be a different guy on every night this is a it's a deep team and i think you're going to see different guys contributing out of that 11 or 12 coming out you know on a nightly basis i don't i don't think you're going to use 11 or 12 guys on a nightly basis but it could be 
eight or nine guys, but that eight or nine could change at the back end of that. We'll see. Greg Gard wants us. I know he wants to zoo, uh, you know, zero in on eight or nine guys, but right now uh, he's got to let this play out. Yeah, the uh, it's interesting because they uh, against South Dakota State or South Dakota uh, uh, South Dakota. They I think they shot like. 40 or 50 percent didn't shoot real well the other night no. at american family field was it just because of weird depth perception in that building i want to say yes to that uh i don't they think they're going to be a good three or going to be an okay three-point shooting team um i think we'll we'll have to wait and see if that's that ends up being the case i will say this uh the last two times the la- the first two games the south dakota coach and then the stanford coach came in and talked to the reporters afterwards and both of them said they think their teams are going to be very, very good three-point shooting teams. They combined to go three for 31 in those two games. So I think Wisconsin's defensively against the three-pointer has been good. I'm not going to sit here and say Wisconsin can be a great three-point shooting team, but all they, what do they have to be to be serviceable? 34 35% right. as a team? If they can get that, uh, they'll be. I think that's a, that's a good goal for them. What are the expectations out of the uh, Greg Gard group this year? Because I, I'm very quietly optimistic. I mean, I know they're not, you know, picked to be world beaters in the Big Ten, but I'm very quietly optimistic. I like Chucky Hepburn and Tenacity with which he plays. I love Tyler Wall. I think he's going to have a huge season. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, Chucky, the shooting is going to be like the biggest key for him. He's going to do everything else great. Uh, Stephen Crowell, can he match up with the bigs down low? I think success this season, Bill, is make it the tournament. Um, I know that. It's something that they've done pretty much every year <laughs> since since uh, 1998, you know, or 1999, 1998, uh, outside of the one year in 2018. So maybe some people don't look at it that way, but that's kind of how I look at it. Uh, it's still a relatively young team, and um, I think I think that would be a success. Good stuff as always. I appreciate it, Zach. And uh, we, I mean, I, it was, it looked like a neat event. I wish I could have gone. I just, well, you know, home in the sick bed. But <laughs> yeah. it, from what I heard, everybody loved it. I would just la- love to see more people there. Yeah, for sure. Eighteen thousand. I mean, that's a that's a really good number for them. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Good stuff. All right, buddy. Talk All to right. you soon. All right. Thanks, Bill. Thanks. There you go, Zach Heilprin. Uh, find him over on uh, Twitter as well. WOZN, the Zones uh, Sports Director out there in Madison, our flagship station bringing us uh, some Badgers coverage there as well. When we come back, he's the defensive coordinator for your Green Bay Packers. That's right. You're going to hear from Joe Barry when we come back. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Sunset Grill. We had a great time out there last Wednesday night uh, for the huddle, and uh, they've got uh, some new management out there since Trisha left. She moved up north, so we wish her the best. But, boy, they had really good food, a great happy hour, a good staff of people that are very, very, very service-friendly. Man, they focus on service out there. Great people. That's our friends at the Sunset Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Stop in. Tell them we said hi. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Our friends at Pella Windows and Boy, I'll tell you what, if you're looking out the window now, you're watching on the Bud Light live stream, uh, you know what I'm talking about because uh, the snow's been flying. All over the uh, southern portion of the state. I think in the northern portion of the state, too. But really coming down, they said like an inch to three tops. I know we're well over an inch right now. I'll tell you that. It doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon. But you're watching it fly. And outside looks, you know, it looks spiritual. Like the Christmas spirit is going to descend upon you at some point. We're not even into Thanksgiving yet. However, it's warm inside. It's nice. I can't complain at all, man. It's nice. 
and all because of the patio doors and the windows and such that I had put in for my friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Right now, no payments, no down payments, no payments, and no interest for two years. Simple as that. So if you're thinking about thinking about it, right now the snow's flying and the winds are going to blow and they're going to come through the windows and you're going to hear them and it's going to like creak and crack on those windows and and they're not they don't shut tight they don't fit right they don't lock at night. I'm telling you, give them a call eight five five Pella W I. That's eight five five P E L L A eight five five Pella W I eight five five Pella W I or go to Pella W I dot com. That is Pella W I dot com and see for yourself. Good good stuff from our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of wisconsin so the defensive coordinator for your green bay packers talks about you know hey coming out of that game the win the emotional win finally getting a win on sunday and then turning it back around and getting ready for that uh, that thursday night game the thursday night is um everyone has the has the same challenge so we have to do a bunch of leg work obviously last week but yeah we've, we've been doing uh we've been working on these guys friday and saturday did a little bit of work you know, Sunday morning, but it's Thursday night games are a challenge, but it's a challenge for everyone. Now, what does help, as he states, and I've stated this before as well, you get a th- you get a Sunday game at home, then you stay home. So you're home all week, getting ready for the home game. Then you're still at home for a Thursday night game. That helps big time. Sure. I mean, it's it's a uh, thankfully the best thing about it is when you when you do factor in the fact that you have a at least yesterday we were at home. You know, I've had Thursday night games where we've actually been on the road before. Um, and that, that's, you know, that's an added challenge. But at least we were uh, at least we were here last night after the game. So but it's it's a, it's a grind. Now, when I started the show today, I said the one thing that I'm going to be, be emphasizing this week, if I'm Joe Barry and I'm coming down out of the mountain and uh, bring the two stone tablets with me uh, to show to my defense, it's going to have one word on both tablets. And that is tackle, 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 tackle. Tackle. That's it. Tackle. Uh, because Derrick Henry is a dump truck with feet. And you're going to have to, he creates all kinds of tackling challenges. Every single back in this league is unique. Uh, they're subtly different, but this guy is the most unique just because um, not only the things that he can do with the ball in his hands, but just his, his simple size. I mean, simply how big he is. Um, you know, he literally looks like Preston Smith when, you know, he breaks the huddle. So that's the biggest thing is that people just have to understand, especially people that haven't, you know, there, there's going to be a handful of guys, especially young guys that, you know, they've never played against this guy. They've never seen him. So not only a special back that he can do things when the ball's in his hands, just his, his sheer uh, measurables are, it puts him in a complete class by himself. So got to have a tackling plan going up against this guy. And then again, uh, as mentioned, on a short week, it's it's another challenge. But uh, heck of a back, it's, it's going to be a big challenge for us. And then uh, the bright spot coming out of Sunday's game, not once but twice, Rudy Ford. He made the most of his opportunities, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, confidence was never with, with Rudy. I, I think he's uh, he's grown every single week that he's been here. Um, and then when he's had opportunities... Um, now he got thrust into his opportunity against New England, but did a great job. Not only not only the the two obvious splash plays that he got yesterday that were that were huge, um, big takeaways for us. Um, but just he ran around and made plays, and um, you could see that he's. I don't know if he's completely confident, but he's he's really confident in in what we're doing, especially in the back end. Now Darnell Savage, uh, as we know, got moved into the slot 
And Joe Barry says doing that gives them uh, some more options. I love that word options. You know, I think uh, having the having options, especially in the back end, um, is 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 great. Whether it be, you know, Darnell, whether it be with Rudy, um, you know, we got Jonathan here now. You know, um, you know, he hadn't even been here a week yet, but um, that just that just gives you options. You know, especially moving forward. Uh, you've got the defense. It did not have a great game. It wasn't like they you know shut the Cowboys down to only fourteen points and. You know, turn them away at every turn. But once it started to get away from the Packers a little bit and the Cowboys got to 28, down the stretch, the Packers defensively, uh, one of the things that you a good defense needs to do is clamp down when they absolutely positively have to. And Joe Barry talked about that. I was upset when it got to 28. You know, we had the, uh, you know, we had two sudden change situations. You know, one of one of Rudy's uh, interceptions came on a sudden change, uh, which was a big stop for us. Um, you know, we got thrust into another sudden change on the, on the fumbled punt. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, we, we take the mindset whenever that happens. We, we go out and slam the door, um, gave up a touchdown there. Um, and then we had a big third down loss later on in the game, which uh, it, was, it was third and nine. We lost that third down, which led to another touchdown. Um, but the guys, you know what, they were uh, the whole fourth quarter and the whole overtime they were great on the sidelines. There was never at least the feeling that we had, even when it was 28 to 14, we never felt we were out of it. So that was, uh, at least for me to witness from our guys, um, that was really good to see and, and good to feel on the sidelines. Then obviously, you know, confidence builds even more, you know, when Aaron gets rolling, um, we, we really feed off that. So it was, uh, but to answer your question, it was, it was really good to see, but I, I never felt like our guys thought that there was ever any doubt that we were going to, you know, end up on the on the winning side. Uh, the uh, the defense. It's hard to say, giving up twenty eight points, that you play with a swagger. But you know, Joe Barry, uh, important listening to Packers defense coordinator Joe Barry, and he said, "Look, they this team played with attitude and a swagger for the first time in a long time against the Cowboys." Every single game is different. You know, it, it just, no games are ever the same. You know, situationally feel everything. But bottom line, it was it was great for our guys. Just just for me to witness that and to feel that, that they never, there, there was never any doubt. And that was really cool to see. It, it was cool to feel. Um, when you talk about Derrick Henry, going back to that, that, you know, looming question is can they stop Derrick Henry and bring him down? Uh, it's not just one. It's not just tackle. What I said before, it's get a hold of something. Hang on. Swarm to the ball. It's got to be a gang mentality. Obviously, the, the, the scheme and the, and the call and, and all that is important. But, you know, you have to have a mindset collectively, which, you know, I don't think there's a defense, you know, out there that ever says, oh, okay, this week we got to play with effort, you know. Um, that's something that we, we, we preach and we talk about, but especially when you're dealing with a back like this, it takes all 11, you know, because it, it's hard just to, you know, you got a, an unblocked guy, come on, man, make the tackle. Well, I mean, it, it's going to take, you know, it's not going to take one, two, it's going to take five, it's going to take six, it's going to take gang tackles, it's going to take swarm, it's going to take effort. Um, that's something we preach every week, but definitely this week when you're playing against a guy like Henry. And then um, when you talk about uh, doing some things differently, doing some things differently, one of the things they did differently was 
They started about the you know talking about blitzing, blitzing guys. They brought in Adrian Amos at one point, and then they talked about blitzing Darnell Savage from even the slot position. Of course, every time that you send uh, an edge pressure with a DB, you know, of course you want to be able to get good pressure if it's pass. Um, but you know, on early downs, you know, you got to be ready. You know, you got to have a run pass mindset and feel good about hey, if they run the ball here or if they throw it. Um, the other thing with them last night, they, they were such a big bootleg team. You know, we did a lot of that just to make sure that we had good edges on both sides uh, with that getting out of the pocket. So um, those pressures, especially on early downs, are kind of all-encompassing that you want to be safe. Hey, if you call it, you got a 50-50 chance that it could be run or pass. And, you know, really, if it is pass, the, the bootleg, most, most importantly, you feel really good about and the other, you know, thing that you got to figure out now, now that you know for sure that he's not coming back, obviously, is trying to generate some type of a pass rush that's any consistency when you can double down on, on Kenny Clark in the middle because all you have is Preston Smith on one side. You don't have Rashawn Gary anymore. We're going to have to come up with creative ways to do that. Losing, losing to Rashawn Gary, as I told you last, last week, I, I used the word grit. You know, what he brings to us just as a, as a demeanor. Um, as a leader, as a, you know, a guy to, you know, I, I tell all the young guys all the time, if you, if you don't know how to act or what to do in any situation, watch Rashawn Gary. Um, so, of course, you lose that, but then you simply just what he brings to the table from a production standpoint, from a, you know, creating havoc uh, standpoint, yeah, you, 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 you can't replace the player. You can't. Um, so we're going to have, moving forward, we're going to have to continue to be creative to get that in his absence. And in his absence, so um, it's a huge loss. So uh, there you go. That's Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator of the Packers. Randall Cobb, by the way, who was really close with Amari Rogers, and remember Rogers' dad coached Randall Cobb at Kentucky back in 2010. Cobb, after uh, he found out that Amari Rogers was let go by the Packers today, said, I love the kid. He's a great kid. He goes about things the right way. He prepares the right way, and he put in the extra work. But this is a production-based business. And that was the end quote there. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at The Nice Ash, downtown Waukesha. They've got uh, the uh, big celebration, so to speak, or I shouldn't say celebration because that's not the right term, but the more the remembrance coming up uh, on Monday as it'll be a year, coming up on a year since the uh, parade tragedy. So um, they are a year now into this. Uh, the downtown has suffered the loss. They've got that stigma. They're trying to shake it. They want to make this year's celebration spectacular and kind of a celebration of life as well. And they want to they want to just re- say, remember us down here, uh, not just nice ash, but all the businesses, whether it's People's Park, House of Guinness, uh, you know, Chef Pam's uh, Kitchen down the street. Uh, many of the different bars and restaurants down there just uh, keep thinking about them and if you're going to shop shop local shop small uh, down in downtown Waukesha they're great people and if you're going to stop in for a beverage a hot chocolate maybe to listen to some music on the weekend there's no better place to do it than our friends over at the nice ash the nice ash.com that's the nice ash.com downtown Waukesha great people and uh, stop in and just say hey Bill Michael sent me in here and we just want to support you and do what we can to kind of help Waukesha recover from what happened just a year ago. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. Wrapping it up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show.
on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers releasing two players drafted last year by the team. Amari Rogers, a third-round pick out of Clemson, wide receiver who also struggled the past two seasons on kick and punt returns. His latest mistake, a fumble on a punt return Sunday night against the Cowboys. Special teams coordinator Rich Passaccia was asked if that had been the last straw. I really like Amari Rodgers. Jersey number eight has put himself and put us in some bad situations. So, you know, you have to coach the man first and then coach the player. So we, we have to go through both of those things when these situations arise. So as of right now, we're evaluating the position and we'll see how it turns out come Thursday night. Packers GM Brian Goodikens also releasing running back and returner Kylan Hill, who had spent the past year rehabbing a torn ACL after being hit on a kick return last year against the Arizona Cardinals. Hill was a seventh-round pick out of Mississippi State. The Packers will have a short week getting ready to play the Tennessee Titans this Thursday night here at Lambeau Field. The Titans improved to 6-3 and three after a come-from-behind win over the Denver Broncos. Ryan Tannehill was back at quarterback after missing the last two games with an ankle injury. Proud of our guys, the way we battled. That's one thing I know about this team is we're going to go battle. You know, no matter what's going on, um, no matter how things are going on the field, we're going to stick together. We're going to keep battling and, and try to find a way to win, and we were able to do that. And the post-game interview Aaron Rodgers did on the field with Fox after beating the Cowboys went viral on Twitter. I felt like last week was kind of a rock bottom for myself. For the team, and we responded in the right way today. I'm proud of our guys. I knew we were capable of a performance like this. I knew I was capable of playing better. I knew I had to play better. But today was the kind of game I expect out of myself moving forward. We finally scored more than 30 points. Our defense has been carrying us for much of the season. But the biggest thing to remember is we're not dead. That's Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. We're not dead. No. Hey, by the way, speaking of the game the other night, uh, monster, monster numbers for the game on Sunday. Uh, People still give a damn about the Cowboys and the Packers. Uh, The overtime thriller between the two teams with a national fan base on both sides averaged 29.2 million viewers throughout the game. That makes Sunday's contest for what looked to be a dead, gone-away Packers team, the most-watched NFL game on any network this year. There you go. How about that? So, hey, don't uh, don't put away the fan bases just yet. Packers fans still hanging in there, hoping for uh, bigger and better things as the week continues. Get a win over Tennessee and then let hope spring eternal. In the meantime... Vike, or uh, excuse me, uh, the uh, the Cowboys fans licking their wounds. Vikings fans hoping to remain supreme on top because they had a hell of a game against uh, against Buffalo that a lot of the nation complained about when they cut away from, and then they got enthralled with the Packers and the Cowboys in the overtime, and then they loved that game. What a weekend of football it was! What a show this was on a snowy, snowy Tuesday. We're back at it again tomorrow, though. Looking forward to that. Back out tomorrow. By the way, Mark Schofield tomorrow. Uh, of SB Nation. Cassidy Hill going to be joining us tomorrow as well, giving us uh, her thoughts and and such regarding the Green Bay Packers. And Amari Rogers, he's no more. Unfortunately, Kylan Hill, he's gone as well. We'll talk about it all coming up tomorrow on the program. Time for us to go. Have a good one. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.